during worship, I just kept getting stuff. Like, the whole service, I think it's because Savannah prayed. (laughs) Beforehand, she prayed for me and said, God, anything you want to add to it, do that. So it's going to be interesting to see how he adds that, and then I get it all done on time. But hey, I'm going to do my best. But anyway, one of the things that he just dropped in my spirit um, while we were worshiping is just to introduce myself a little bit more to you, because many of you I know, but there are actually a lot that I don't know. And as I mentioned, um, I am a mom, but I felt like the Lord wanted me to just share my heart a little bit about being a mom, and actually first to share with you about my own mother. And I shared this a few months ago at our church, that God just gave me this revelation. And I just want you to understand the heart um, of when I speak where everything is flowing from. And um, my mother was the most impactful in my life. She has been a tremendous influence in my life because... She always told me, I believe in you. You can do anything that you put your mind to. You can do anything that you put your mind to. And my whole life, no matter what challenges have come my way, I have always had in the back of my mind that truth that my mom spoke to me. And of course we have scripture that says that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. But it's really powerful when someone really believes in you. Amen? And some of you are sitting out there and you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't really believe that because I haven't had that person. I haven't had a mom who said that to me. And I feel like what the Lord has revealed to me over the past few months is that when I share that what has been imparted to me by my mother, he wants me to impart to you. And so I come to you like a mother, even though I'm, I'm young and younger than some of you. I want you to know my heart is that what my mom spoke to me was not just for myself, but I believe for many. And, you know, I was named Sarah, who was in the Bible, you know, the mother of nations. And I believe that that was just prophetic. So I just want you to know that it's not like, you know, oh, I'm some mom that I'm standing up here and saying these things, but it's actually my heart burns for people to understand that God has given them everything that they need to overcome, absolutely everything that you need. And, you know, all of the promises are right there in your Bible, but sometimes it helps to have someone who's going to remind you and say, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You can do all things that are written in his word. Because he uh, is the author and finisher of your faith. And if you appropriate those things, you're going to see them come to pass. And I stand here with that heart. And also, I'm a homeschool mom. So I teach my kids. And so there's this element of teacher inside of me. And I posted this on Facebook in preparation for this. Um, just to, to let you know that I'm coming to you. My style is kind of like teaching. And while I was worshiping, I even, I just went and grabbed some computer paper and some pens because I so want you to be equipped. It's not because I'm being presumptuous that what I have is so great, but here's the thing. We're talking about running the race and finishing well what we set out to do for the Lord, right? And sometimes when the discouragement comes, we get a little bit clouded and you don't really know how to get yourself straight thinking. You know, do you ever feel that? 
Have you ever experienced that? I know I have. I actually have a file in my computer of notes. When I feel like that, I go back to those notes and I look over, what am I supposed to do when I feel like this? I know that sounds crazy, but there's no exemption. It doesn't matter who you are. The enemy does not like it if you're serving God. He doesn't like it and he wants to take you out. And so you've got to have something solid to go to when you experience that. And some of you here, I think, are are feeling that and then some of you aren't but either way um if you need a piece of paper and pens jeff has them here and i just i just raise your hand and he will pass it out to you and if you want to just do things in your phone or take pictures of slides or whatever that's cool too i just my heart is just that you be equipped and have something so perhaps i've overstated that but as my husband always says to me, why use five words when you can use 20? <laughs> I guess I have a tendency for that, but it's how God made me. All right. So the verse that the Lord gave me was Isaiah 50, verse 4, a couple days ago. And um, it says that the Lord has given me an instructed word so that um, the weary could be sustained or refreshed. And morning by morning, he speaks to me like one who's being instructed. And I felt like the Lord said to me, pray into that, because what I want is to give you a word that will sustain and refresh the weary, and I'm going to give you the downloads for that to encourage those who are struggling. So that's what I've been praying in. And I've had this picture of us just um, in this race and wanting to finish well. And that's kind of what we've been talking about is how do you finish well when you're in this race? Now, the, the scripture is really full of this analogy. Um, here's just a few of the verses. Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And the next is 1 Corinthians 9.24. Do you not know that those who run a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Now, how many of you out there are competitive? Come on, I need you to admit to me. Okay, there's a lot of competitive people out here. And... I don't think that this scripture is talking about you being competitive with your brothers and sisters. However, there's something inside of a person who's competitive that drives them to keep their eye on the prize, right? And I think that's the, that's the spirit of what this verse is about. So how many of you have been in some kind of competition or some kind of race, athletic or otherwise, and you have worked really hard keeping your eye on the prize with the goal of finishing number one? Raise your hand. Oh, come on. There were more people who raised their hand that said they were competitive than you just raised your hand. So I don't even know if that's right, but it's okay. I'll let the Lord judge you. (laughs) Okay. Here's the thing. Just like that, 
That's the kind of intense focus that we have to have in finishing well. Because if we don't have that focus, we're going to be kicked off in the race and disgruntled and confused and just fall right out. And we don't want that. So we've got to have an intense focus for the Lord. So what I'd like to bring you today are some different tips on how you can stay focused, how you can finish well, how you can stay strong for the race. Stay in the race and finish well. Here it is. I've just got the main points here and main scriptures. So how to stay in the race, healthy, strong, and thriving. Number one, be connected to the body. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. What is the day? We were talking about it all during worship. The day, the return of the Lord. All the more then. Why? Why all the more? Have you guys found in the past season that the warfare has increased in your life? Okay, that's like across the board. Everybody's feeling it. It's increasing. Okay, what happens if you're not in fellowship? What happens when you're an island? Do things get better or do they get worse? They get worse. We need each other. We need the body of Christ because you are one part of a whole entire body. And what does scripture say? That the foot cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. Right? You can't say to any other part of the body that you don't need them. You are called to be part of the body of Christ. You need each, you need others and we need you. Here's the thing. If, you know, I'm talking about people who might be struggling trying to stay in the race and what it takes, but we all need the mentality that we need each other. And if you're doing great, then you need to have your eyes out for all the other parts of the body that might be feeling weak in that moment. And your job is to be an encouragement. That's what it says. But encouraging one another. While you're meeting, you've got to come. We have to undergird each other. We have to put our arms around each other. We need each other. Here's another thing. We need people in the body who've been hanging out in the body longer than us. We need mentorship. If you want to grow in the Lord, you've got to come into humility and say, I need to ask questions. Even if I think they're stupid, I'm going to ask them. A good student isn't afraid to ask questions. There are no stupid questions. If someone is telling you that your questions are stupid, then they're not the right mentor match for you anyway. Everyone needs a mentor. You know, in the past year, there are some things that I've been through, and I, I didn't seek out a mentor the way that I should have. And I really struggled and suffered for that, to be honest. I'm just, I'm really going to try to be real with you. I've, everything that I talk about here... I know this stuff because I've learned most of it the hard way, okay? So 
Um, I didn't. I didn't seek it out the way that I needed to. And after I got through that season and the Lord by his grace got me through, he kind of said, hey, I think it'd be good for you to come, you know, into a good relationship where you can grow in this stuff. And I began to seek out, you know, the things that I was struggling with and different giftings that weren't mature yet. I said, okay, God, who are the ones that are mature in the prophetic? Because I was struggling with some things in the prophetic, okay? It's, it's a tricky thing. If you are just starting to walk in the prophetic, like, don't be reckless. It really turns out bad. It really, really turns out bad. But, you know, God can save you in his grace. It just takes some humility and it takes some repentance and you can turn it around. And so, you know, the Lord, he connected me um, with an awesome uh, web church. I, I'm, you know, pastor of a church, but I also belong to a web church um, under Patricia King's uh, leadership. And they assign a web pastor. And I have access to, like, someone who's been with Patricia King from the beginning. I don't know if you all know her, but she's just really gifted in the prophetic and an intercession. And this gal was with her from the beginning and one of her first intercessors. And so now I have access. She's an email away or a phone call away. And I'm so thankful for that because I need that. I need to be growing. I need to learn from people who have been around longer than me. Okay? All right. Again, just in closing on this, do not be an island Because if you run alone, it's only a matter of time that the enemy is going to discourage you and take you out. Stay connected to the body. All right, the next one is beware of deception. I've talked about this in our church a couple weeks ago, uh, but I think it's worth repeating, even if some of you are sitting in here. It's a real issue in this day of age, this day and age. The enemy um, is working over time to release deception in the earth. And he doesn't come with just blatant deception. It is um, so blanketed in, you know, it's, it can be so confusing. And he disguises himself, what does the Bible say, as an angel of light. So sometimes you can be looking at something and it looks like light, but it's a disguise. And it's not actually the light. And um, we just pointed out in, our, in that last message that even with Eve, you know, She was told by God that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if she ate from it, she would surely die. But what did the serpent tell her? He says, you will not surely die. And she looked at it, and she saw that the fruit was good for food, and it was pleasing to the eye, and it was good for gaining wisdom. Those are all really appealing descriptions, aren't they? But when she took of it, what happened? Death the curse of sin, right? And so we need to be aware that not everything that looks good is necessarily God. 1 John 4, 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You need to, we need to be in the word so that we can know it. If you know the word of God, you're going to have a really strong foundation to compare what that spirit is saying or what, you know, the temptation is that's trying to seize you. You have to know the word. And, you know, we talked earlier about how we're blessed to have access and freedom to the Bible. But what if we didn't? 
That's got to be written on our hearts. It has to be written on our hearts so that we know it without even having to turn to it. As much as we're able, we need to be memorizing, writing out scripture, putting it where we can see it. Because that's going to help us hide it there. And then when the moment comes, it's right there and fresh. And you've got a sword right in your hand for whatever you need it, right? We need to stay connected to Holy Spirit so that you can sense what's off. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in a, in a while. But the only way that you can stay connected to Holy Spirit is if you make a place for him. Okay? All right. Uh, deception. There's another way that deception comes, and that's through witchcraft attacks. Okay? I'm not necessarily talking about you going out and dabbling in Wicca or New Age or things like that, though that would be really bad for you to do for your spiritual walk. I do not advise that. But if you start feeling confusion and cloudiness, have you ever felt that before? All of a sudden, everything's swirling around and you're not sure what you're supposed to do. It's heaviness. You feel despair. You might even feel sickness. It feels so thick. Like, how are you ever going to get out? Who's been there before? Okay? We have to have some perspective so that we can make it through those things. Because the main thing that the, the enemy wants to do is to get you off track confused and into a path of sin or wrong belief or whatever, okay? So the first thing is realize that the battle is in your mind, okay? He's warring to try to take over your thoughts and to change them from thoughts of Christ to his thoughts, all right? So you need to pray for the mind and the perspective of Christ. If you're in the middle of it, write this down. Pray for the mind and perspective of Christ, Second is you're going to guard your heart. You're most likely going to be tempted and drawn towards some kind of sin in it. Even if you don't recognize it as sin in the moment, when you look back hindsight, you'll see that that was a plot for you to come into agreement with something that was not God's will, which ultimately is sin, right? Okay, the next thing is break the thoughts of giving up. You will win if you don't give up. You have to just take authority over those thoughts and say, I absolutely, 100% certainty, I am going to get out of this and I'm going to win because Jesus is on my side and he's bigger than all the other authorities in this region, like we just sang earlier. He's bigger and he has more authority than witchcraft. Okay? If you believe that, and you will not give in. You will win. Know that God can fix that situation in a moment like that. Expect and look for his intervention. Because he is going to give you a word that will provide a way out. Be expectant for that. And declare the blood of Jesus and the word of God over yourself. The blood of Jesus, so powerful. It kind of looks like this. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, that your blood covers me from head to toe and that no weapon formed against me will prosper. 
anything that the enemy has sent and made assignment to come against me, I break it in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that the blood covers me, that it is a shield around me, that you are my glory within and you are the glory surrounding me. That's the kind of protection you have because of the blood of Jesus. If you know that, you will see it manifest. We need to be able to declare the word of God over ourselves as well. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. No weapon formed against me will prosper. This assignment will fail in the name of Jesus. So the next thing that I'm super passionate about and I talk about all the time is decreeing the promises of God. This requires knowing the, Lord, the word. It requires being in the word, opening it up. Job twenty two twenty eight. you will also decree a thing and it will be established for you and a light will shine on your ways. God has given us authority to be able to speak and create with our mouth both good and bad. Okay? You are going to eat whatever you speak. So be careful what you say because you're going to consume it later. You're cooking your dinner when you talk. There's power of life and death in your tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Look, the word of God is full of promises. It is packed full of amazing promises. It takes faith and declaration to be able to see those things manifest in your life. Sometimes maybe you've wondered, well, it's all in there. Why am I not seeing it? The thing is, your faith has to connect to it for you to be able to appropriate it, which means for it to be able to manifest in your life. You have to believe it. You have to grab a hold of it. When you speak it over yourself, it helps you to begin to really believe what you're reading. There's so much power. It, like, changes the atmosphere around you. Practice decreeing the word of God. Open up a scripture. Who, who's got memorized? I'm going to ask you to be real bold. I don't know if anybody will do this. But who's got memorized a really powerful scripture that can help you in life? And you'll share it. Okay, Lindsay. Okay, that's great. So what do you do with that? I, you just speak that over yourself. I'm speaking it over myself. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, even if it doesn't say I in there, somehow turn it around so that you can speak it over yourself. Because Holy Spirit will use that to bring life to you. Anything that's in there, the Word of God is living and active. That means it's even interactive with us. Through Holy Spirit, He will use the Word to interact with you so that you know what things you can grab a hold of. Okay. The next thing is have a game plan for temptation. All right, there's a reason why when Jesus said you should pray this way and he gave us the Lord's Prayer. I personally don't believe that he gave us the Lord's Prayer so that we would just just only say those words verbatim. There's rich treasure inside of that prayer and all of the components and that's a message for another day but i'm going to focus on today lead me not into temptation 
but deliver me from evil. Why did he say that we should pray that? When you got saved, did temptation go away? No. No. It might have even increased, right? So there's a reason that he says, pray that. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. All right. When you're tempted, look for the window. You need to look quickly because it's only there for a fleeting moment in my experience, okay? But that window will be there. And if you're in the moment, say, Jesus, you cry out to him and say, Jesus, show me the window. Show me the window because he says right here in his word that he will always provide the way out. But you have to be looking and you have to ask, okay? All right, if you fall, get back up quickly, Don't stay there wallowing in the mud that he pulled you out of in the first place. You don't belong there. That's not where his children belong. You get back up because the word says, Proverbs 24, 16, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. So, who's exempt from falling I haven't met anybody who hasn't fallen. The difference is you're going to get right back up every time and you're going to encounter his grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need. There is grace to help us in our time of need, okay? But this is not a grace that we take for granted. Now this is where I'm going to get mama's going to come out. Okay, here's the thing. I say to my girls, I need you to obey me. If you don't obey me, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep you safe. Because when I give you a boundary, that's the place that I know that I can protect you. When you come outside of the boundary, it's not safe. Okay? So his grace can help you get back under that umbrella. But if we're in the habit of saying, I'm going to do this thing because he's going to forgive me anyway. Oh, that makes me want to cry. You want to just spit in Jesus' face? If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who is treated as an unholy thing, the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said it is mine to avenge, I will repay, and again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. That's Hebrews. That's New Testament. Hebrews 10, 26 through 31. I don't always preach like this. I, you know, I love the grace of God. I love to talk about his love because it's infinite. It's unchanging. But let's not ever take it for granted. 
Let's not ever just say, I'm going to do this because he's going to forgive me anyway. If you're doing that, you need to ask if you're really actually saved. Because seriously, professing him as Lord of your life means that you follow him as Lord of your life. That you turn from your wicked ways, you repent. Being sorry is not the same as repenting. Repentance is turning a complete opposite direction. Being sorry, you might be sorry. You might be. But true repentance, true repentance means you don't repeat the sin over again. Just one more statement in this section to chew on. Pride comes before a fall. And there is no room for pride in this race. All right. Is it okay if I keep going? All right. Get deliverance. Some of you are like, what? What are you talking about? I am not afraid to say deliverance, demons, Satan, warfare, or anything like that in my church or anywhere for that matter. Okay, if you don't know what deliverance is, then it's time to let your ears perk up because this is your provision to make it through life. Okay, no one is exempt from demonic oppression. It doesn't mean that the devil is inside of you controlling you. But the reality is he's working overtime to try to get you to come into his thinking, to try to come into his actions, to try to come into agreement with everything that's from the pit of hell. And sometimes, because he is disguised as an angel of light, he does deceive us. We do things that we shouldn't do, and then we do ask God to forgive us, and we move on. But the problem is we allow the enemy to come in and to enter at a certain point, And we've got to deal with that entry point because we gave him access. And actually, this isn't preached about very much, um, but it's a huge, huge part of living in victory. And so I'm going to talk to you about it, if it's okay. I know we're going to kind of go a little bit over. I don't even know what over is here. It's awesome. But I don't know. I, I preach to people who are ready for lunch. I don't know. I'm used to that. Okay. So let's get deliverance, okay? (laughs) When you come to Jesus, the Father looks down at you and he sees the blood of Jesus on you. Positionally, you are clean before the Father. But here's the thing. His blood was shed not only for that moment for you to be saved, but it was also for a lifestyle of walking through being completely free, saved, healed, and delivered. The word is sozo. That doesn't happen in the instant. Your soul is saved, yes. Spiritually, your spirit comes alive, and you're saved, and your eternity is with him. But see, here's the thing, and it's going to help if I show you this picture in a minute. And I did this a long time ago when we first started City Light. And you're not going to be able to see all this stuff, but I'm going to try to explain it. But you're welcome, I don't know, to try to strengthen. Oh, thank you, honey. That was my honey, wasn't it? (laughs) That'd be really bad if it wasn't. (laughs) Oh, man. Lord, help me. 
pray for me, guys. Okay. All right. See, time does not heal all wounds. Okay, that's a lie. We can be talking about stuff that happened 25 years ago that you still have a wound that Jesus wants to heal. And these tools are going to help you. And so I want you to please to make sure that you're writing down notes for this part because I really think that Holy Spirit will use this and unpack some stuff for you later. It's, it's a lot to try to just digest. I don't even know why I'm trying to do it, but I do know that he put it on my heart, so that's why. Okay, so here's the abbreviated version. Okay, we are made, yeah, can I have the zoom out for a second, please, real quick? Zoom out? No, out? Yeah, okay, if you see the big picture, there's a circle in the center, okay? That's the inner, that's the inside of you. This represents all the components of how you are made up. You are made up of spirit, soul, and body, three parts. The spirit is the part of you, like I said, that comes alive when you come to Jesus. It lives eternally, okay? Um, your soul is the part of you, your mind, your intellect, your personality. It's who you are. It's the where, where you think. It's where you process. It's where you um, live, like, in your mind, right? Okay? So that's the part usually that gets uh, in bondage. So we're going to talk about that. Can you actually zoom out for me, please, so I can see the big picture? Thank you. And then the last one um, on the outside, the outer ring, is... Your actual body, which is world conscious. It's your um, touch, taste, hearing, smell, and sight. It's who you are. It's your physical body. Okay, but I want to talk about the soul part. If you can just hold it still for a minute. Just, yeah, just where it was. Thanks. Uh, No. Can you zoom? Thank you. Yeah, just leave it there. It'll be okay. Can you just leave it there for a second, please? Thanks so much. (laughs) I don't mean to be bossy. It's just kind of hard. Okay, so... (laughs) Oh, Jesus, help me. Okay, have I lost you all? Let's come back for a minute. All right, so the center part. That is the place inside of you, your first love. That's the part of you where we talk about God dwelling inside of you. Okay, the next smaller ring around it, that's your spirit. Okay, there are gates. There are gates that are coming off of each component of who you are. So I'm looking at that second center one right around. There's glory of God, the first love in the center. Yeah, that little pointer helps. No, no, no. (laughs) The soul thing. I should have practiced this. The soul part. That is, these gates are the things that things can either come in or they they can go out. Prayer, reverence, faith, hope, worship, revelation, intuition, fear of God. Your spirit man is, is the one that controls those things or um, that houses those things, rather. Okay? And each of those little gaps is a, is a gate. Okay? And by design, everything is supposed to come from the inside out. So it's supposed to flow out of first love. So then the next ring, your spirit, that should affect your reverence. Your first love should affect your faith, your hope, your worship, your revelation, your intuition. Then out of that, it should flow. It should affect your soul, which is your will, your choices, your emotions, your mind, your imagination, your reason, your conscience. And then that should affect your touch, taste, hearing, smell, sight, the choices you make. 
Okay, does that help? Can you, can you picture what I'm seeing now? Okay, so from the inside out, that's how we're supposed to live. Where the inside, our affection with God, affects everything and it flows outward. But the problem is that the enemy has worked over time coming to affect us from the outside in. Okay, this is where the bondage comes in and this is why we need deliverance. Because things have passed through your touch, taste, smell, sight, and help me. I know my five senses, really. Hearing. Okay? I do. Just a little frazzled. Okay. So things come through those gates because we make choices and we let them. And sometimes things have come through those gates and it hasn't actually even been our own choices. It's happened because of someone else or something else. You can see this gets really deep, and it's much more packed than I can talk about today. But then that, those things from the outside in, those affect our conscience and our reason and our imagination and our emotions and our choices and our will and our thinking. Instead of coming from the inside out, the outside in is what affects those things. And then as a result, it affects our prayer and our reverence and our faith and our hope and our worship and our intuition and our fear of God. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the problem. That's a big problem. Because here's the thing. Something sits on those gates and controls those gates. And if things have happened from the outside in, it's little demons who think that they're in charge. I said the D word again. Bless you guys. I think this is recorded if you missed part of it the end of it if you're interested okay so things can come into your soul gates in so many different ways and maybe sometime the team will invite me to come and do a more in-depth study on this I don't know but I'll come and I'll do that if Joseph is okay okay but here's the thing okay so things have been allowed into our soul gates okay I'm gonna just list some of the things I'm going to say some, like, strong things, and you'll just deal with it, whatever you need to do. But the thing is, God created sex for marriage, okay? Premarital sex creates soul ties. Either way, sex creates soul ties. But if you've been with people that is not the person that God has for you, those things need to be broken because they actually have a tie inside of your soul. Because it's, it's happened through temptation, Stuff that wasn't God's will, okay? But you know what? There's grace and there's mercy in our time of need, and we don't have to sit under any cloak of condemnation, but we need to be aware that the choices that we've made have affected our soul over time, okay? Substances, addiction, pornography, lies of the enemy, these are all different things that can come and just sit and control those gates, because of choices we've made before. And sometimes we not, might not even be actively making those choices anymore, but we've never cleaned up, and so they're still kind of sitting there, and they're still kind of tainting the way we think and the way we feel, and you feel like, why can I never get free from this mindset or this thing? It just always recurs, and why can't I ever get freedom? Well, the thing is, you probably just need deliverance. Okay? You also need deliverance. I'm just going to mention one more thing because this is important. And this affects not just your soul but also your spirit. If you've, involved, if you've been involved with um, the occult at all, New Age, 
uh, witchcraft, anything like that. Again, this is not to put condemnation on anybody, but to say if you've done that, it's under the blood of Jesus when you've come to him, but you want to make sure that all that's closed up and cleaned by the blood of Jesus so that you can just have a pure flow of revelation. Okay? So here's what you do. I'm going to give you the steps. At the end, if anybody wants to, there are like seven steps. You're welcome to come up here and just take a picture of the screen. That might be a good idea. I don't know. Okay, the first thing you want to do is repent for your sin or your ancestors' involvement and said, I didn't mention this, but if you see a trend in the generations, then you might have an ancestral stronghold, generational curse, and it's not actually, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge deal because you get to clean your bloodline and you can stop that curse. How cool is that? Here's the thing, I, I, uh, I've learned a lot of the stuff that I share with Patricia King. Like I said, um, it's been a great mentor for many years, way before I ever joined the web church in the past year. But, um, you know, she says it's KISS, it's the acronym KISS, keep it simple, saints. You know, deliverance really isn't a big deal. It's actually quite simple. So just trash the lie that it's something complicated and you know, sometimes things happen when you get delivered, but typically, like, if you pray this, you're probably not going to, like, foam on the, at the mouth and all that stuff. Like, you're just going to feel shifting inside your soul. And if you do and you're afraid of that, believe me, it's really worth it to get free. But I haven't, I, I mean, most of the time, you know, you just, you're just going to feel something. You might cough. You might just yawn. Sometimes demons break off just through little things like that. It's not a big deal, okay? It's really not a big deal. Don't be afraid. Don't be freaked out. Our God is so much bigger. He's provided a way for them to get out. Who cares what it looks like? That's what I think. As long as they're on their way out, okay? Ask for forgiveness and the blood of Jesus to cleanse you. That's step two. Number three, renounce the evil practices, whatever your sin was, and serve a divorcement from them. That is not your identity anymore, and you do not accept that identity. The next one is sever and break soul ties with anyone associated in a godly, un- ungodly way. And that can be, that doesn't have to be sexual. You can have soul ties with someone that are unhealthy um, just because you've had an unhealthy relationship. And that's really important to understand because God wants healthy relationships, whether they're romantic or otherwise. Okay, command all spirits associated with these sins to go in Jesus' name. And ask Holy Spirit to fill you with power from on high. Okay. Oh my goodness, it's late. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to demonstrate this prayer because I think God wants to do some deliverance right now, right here. Okay? So, if, if God has highlighted anything that I've said about things that could potentially be on your gates and you feel that little witness in your spirit and you've never actually gone through cleaning it out, then you can do that now. So, I'm going to pray a general prayer, and in your own heart, you just take that sin, and you fill it in in the, in the blank in your heart, 
and you're going to pray by faith and come into agreement with what I pray. If you want to, you don't have to. It's up to you, okay? It's just an invitation because I think demonstrating it is important. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for the power of your blood, and we come in the name of Jesus right now. And God, I repent for the sin that I have committed. Just name that before him in your heart right now. God, I I repent for that sin. I ask you to forgive me, and I ask the blood of Jesus to cover over that entire thing in Jesus' name. I renounce the evil practices and that sinful nature and the things that I did. I renounce all of that activity, and I serve a divorcement from it in the name of Jesus. Those things are not my identity. That's not who I am. And I declare in the spirit that that no longer has hold of me in my identity. I sever and break all soul ties with anyone that I've been associated with in an ungodly way. And I command every evil spirit that has been associated with any of these actions in the name of Jesus to go to the feet of Jesus and get your assignment from him. But you leave in Jesus' name. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to fill me, to fill every place, everything that's been evacuated. I invite your presence to come and increase. Come, Holy Spirit, increase in this place. Increase on your people. I pray your fire would come and you would fill up your people, Lord God, that you would create vessels, God, that are holy and pleasing to you. God, we say in this place we want to be used for a complete and total surrender for the purposes that are pure and holy, Lord, for your kingdom. And we submit ourselves, Lord, to living holy unto you with total abandonment and passion, everything reserved for you, God. In Jesus' name. Do any of you feel a little better? Yeah? Keep that tucked away. Because if you ask him, he will show you and reveal more things. I promise. I I pray this prayer. Like, it happens often. (laughs) I mean, it's really true because here's the thing. He can reveal to you some lie that you're believing, and you need to break the power of that. You need to repent for believing that lie. You need to ask for forgiveness, the blood of Jesus to come against that. You want to ask that he'll serve a divorcement from that thinking. That's deliverance. Believing lies, you need deliverance for it. Okay? All right. Okay. We're getting closer. I love you guys. Thanks for hanging in here with me. Don't entertain negative emotion. Do not entertain negative emotion. All right? It doesn't matter who you are. I don't care what position you have. Whatever. The enemy is going to try to tag those things on you. I was in Target on Saturday And I'm shopping by myself, which was really cool because that doesn't happen super often. And I was checking out some clearance racks. And I'm just looking at them. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just felt this heaviness come on me. Like depression, for real. Like it wasn't just a depressed thought. I don't even know that there was a thought connected to it. I just felt a big blob of yuck come on me. 
And I'm like, where did that come from? I mean, I, have, I still have no connection t- to why it came there, but the reality was is he tried to put that on me. And I said, I don't know what you think you're doing, but you're going to go now. And I'm not going to entertain you for a minute. Because here's the thing. If you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. Do not entertain negative thoughts. You'll get yourself in a whole yucky web of a mess. (laughs) And it doesn't take long. So you have to cut them off. Don't even go there. Because I could have said, well, why am I thinking that way? Well, let me think. Why could I feel so yucky? Hmm. Well, there's this and that, and then, oh, how about that? And, oh, I wonder how, I must be getting about of depression, and how long is this going to last? And, oh, my goodness, it's going to be like this awful season that I'm going to enter right now and all this stuff. I'm not declaring this over myself. This is all what I could have done, I didn't do, and I don't claim that over myself. But, you know what I mean? That's what we could do, because sometimes, do you ever just wake up in the morning and you feel funky? And you're like, why do I feel that way? I used to think when that happens, oh, It's just going to be a while. I'm going to be going through this whole funky season. And the Lord was like, yeah, you want to do that? Why don't you just tell that thing to go? (laughs) But if you entertain it for a second, then you might find yourself in a season. And I don't want to go there. I don't have time for that. Okay? No, I'm not done. The psalmist said, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And I turned that around, and I said, Jesus, I'll just pray in the Spirit right here in Target. I love you, God. You know, you're the one who makes the decisions. You show me, you know, how to feel and how to praise. And get away, you slimy devil. All right, whoops, I'm still not done. I keep trying to jump ahead. All right, when those come, you don't own those thoughts, okay? You tell those thoughts, that's not who I am. Don't own them. They're not yours for a second. Those are the devil's thoughts. They're not yours. That's not the mind of Christ. You've been given the mind of Christ. Don't start identifying with thoughts that aren't yours to own, okay? Picture that diagram that I showed you because that garbage is coming from the outside in. It's not God from the inside out. So it's totally in the reverse order, and you have to just switch it around real quick. Okay? All right. Practice rest and wait on the Lord. I won't stay on this really long because it was preached really well right before we started. But it's everything. Because it's really, it's the center part of that circle that I was talking about. It's your first love. It's waiting on him. You know, Vince saying, here, I don't know his exact words, but here I am. I'm, I've created a resting place for you, right? We can literally be aware of the fact that God comes and he dwells within us. His spirit dwells within us. If you're aware of the indwelling of Holy Spirit, then you're going to be able to go out in power. You're not going to be discouraged and weary, but you have to create the space for him. And I know for me, 15 minutes isn't enough. And I'm not trying to point fingers at anybody because I know lives are busy, but I just want to say, evaluate what's on your plate. Evaluate it really, really well and see if anything can be switched around. Intimacy comes with a cost, but the cost is well worth it because your lamp will be full of oil. You'll be refreshed. You'll be strong. And you'll have the power of the Holy Spirit that you walk in. 
You need that if you're going to stay in the race. Okay, create rhythms. You know, I've got daily, weekly, season rhythms. You've got to create rest. It's not even just the place of waiting on the Lord. It's also just taking a break. You know, Jesus, God did say in the commandments, you know, honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. I don't think we have to be religious necessarily about it being a certain day, but you should have a rhythm of rest. Okay? And my last one is pray, pray, pray. Pray, pray, pray. When you're in the thick of it, do not stop dialoguing with God. Okay, here's the thing. When it gets heavy and you're worn out and you're weary, sometimes it's harder to pray. It's hard to talk to him. You just want to kind of lay in bed or you just want to, like, shut off the world. And it's hard to talk to him, but you need to keep talking to him because that's where you're going to find your strength because it's not just talking to him. It's also hearing from him. And if you're not talking, you're probably not listening either. And we need the word that will sustain us. We need a word, a rhema word in the right season that will bring life. You have to pray the trial all the way through. Seeing God's will come to pass takes patience, perseverance. It takes faith. Sometimes we get discouraged when we don't see the answer right away, and sometimes we give up. But we're told to keep asking and seeking and knocking, and he will answer. The persistence pays off. He honored the persistent person who knocked on the door. That's what he said was honorable. I know. I don't always have that patient with my kids, but God does. If you're not getting your breakthrough, make sure you're praying his will. Sometimes, just do a double check. You might be praying amiss. When we ask, we don't receive because we ask with wrong motives that you might spend what you get on your own pleasures. That's James. Just make sure, because you might want something really bad, but he's trying to take you somewhere else. But if you know that it's the will of God, the confidence we have in approaching God is if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. Okay? Don't forget that. His promises are sure. If you know his will, which you know from the word of God, which you know from the witness of Holy Spirit, it's worth putting everything into. Keep your eyes on that prize and do not take them off. No matter what comes, you want to win. You all, most of you said you're competitive. You're going to tell that devil, I'm going to win. I'm going to win because Jesus is on my side and I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do it, and I will not give up, and I will not weary in doing good because if you continue, if you persevere, you will reap a harvest in the end. That's the promise. That's for you. Thank you for bearing with me. I'm going to just pray a prayer blessing, and then Joe can do whatever. God, I bless these people. I thank you, God, for keeping them awake, for keeping them fresh, Lord God. I just know, Lord God, that you have spoken some things to some of us, things, God, that we just needed to hear in our spirits. And I pray, God, that you would seal that inside of us, that that nothing could steal away, that you would protect what's been put inside of us, and Holy Spirit, that you would water it, that you would continue to make it grow. God, these tools that we have, Lord, I pray that you would help us to sharpen them, to understand what you've given us so that we can finish strong. For God, you said in your word that everything that we need for a life of godliness has been given to us. And God, we take that and we appropriate it. And by faith, we know, God, that we will overcome 
come and I bless every person here in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that you'd fill them with the hope, Lord God, that they will finish and they won't just finish and survive, but they will finish well in victory and with a great harvest. And I bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Can we stand and give God praise tonight? For real, let's thank the Lord. Wow. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you so much. Wow. It is an awesome thing to see the gift of teaching. It's anointed. Oh, it's so vital for the body. Thank you so much. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Sarah. George and Sarah are a blessing to this city. For those of you that don't know, they pastor this church here, City Light. And we always encourage you to go where God's planted you. But if you don't have a home church, this is a great place to go. It really is. And we honor what the Lord is doing here in this house and the partnership that Ember and City Light have. It's an amazing season for us. It really, truly is. It's amazing. You know, we've had Embers that went till. 12.30 in the morning. We've had a number that went till 2.30 in the morning, so you're getting out early tonight. <laughs> Praise God. This yeah. Tuesday, oh, man, that was awesome. Incredible. Even again, ask the Lord tonight, let that take root, let that word take root in my heart and produce fruit Amen. and not let one word fall to the ground. Yeah. God is good. Oh, man, that's a blessing. This Tuesday, I encourage you guys to come. We're going to have an amazing time. We are celebrating seven full years of doing Ember. We're entering into the eighth year, the year of Jubilee. And it's an incredible, it's been an incredible journey, and I'm so blessed. Even I sat here tonight, and I'm just like, man, I feel the presence of the Lord every time we gather. Every week, man. An amazing thing. I'm just really beside myself right now. Thank you, Lord. Guys, I bless you. <sighs> Good night.